0: And this attitude and conduct was easily embraced by actors who supported the scheme, even if they did not actively participate in the execution. Global companies face unprecedented risks and challenges in today's economy. To mitigate these legal and economic risks, companies are rapidly embracing and elevating the importance of robust ethics and compliance programs to promote positive corporate citizenship. On Corruption, Crime, and Compliance, You'll hear from industry leaders and insiders about how to create effective ethics and compliance programs that will mitigate risks and maximize financial performance. Here's your host, Michael Volkoff. Well, hello, this is Michael Volkoff, and we're here for a deep dive into the Honeywell FCPA case. The Justice Department and the SEC had a strong FCPA enforcement year, and they closed out year with two important cases, ABB and Honeywell. Last week, I spoke about the ABB case. Today, it's going to be Honeywell, Honeywell UOP, which ended up paying $160 million. And it's fairly obvious, I think, that DOJ and the SEC have cases in the pipeline. And with new policies in place, they're getting ready to move them through the settlement approval process. So from my vantage point, hold on for a big 2023. I think we're going to see a bigger year. We've already gotten an indication that Ericsson is the next case to come through, and they've reserved approximately $220 million. So let's talk about the Honeywell case. And Honeywell is a US based subsidiary of Honeywell International Inc. So Honeywell International was based in Charlotte. There are a lot of companies associated with Honeywell through the years. But the settlement here resolved bribery charges in the US and Brazil stemming from bribes paid to high-ranking officials at Petrobras, Brazil's state-owned oil company. It seems to be at the center of a lot of cases. And Honeywell agreed to a three-year deferred prosecution agreement, DPA, which was filed in the Southern District of Texas, which is in Houston. And Honeywell agreed to pay approximately $79 million in exchange for the DPA. Concurrently, Honeywell settled with the SEC and agreed to pay $81 million in disgorgement and prejudgment interest. Also, Honeywell resolved charges with Brazilian authorities and agreed to pay approximately $39 million. This payment was credited against Honeywell's obligation to pay $79 million to the DOJ. So between 2010 and 2014, Honeywell conspired to offer a $4 million bribe to a high-ranking executive of Petrobras in Brazil in an attempt to secure a valuable $425 million contract to design and build a refinery. To execute this scheme, Honeywell hired a sales agent to funnel the $4 million bribe to the Petrobras executive. In exchange for the bribe, Honeywell gained access to inside information and secret assistance related to the refinery construction project. And it successfully won the contract to design and build the refinery. And Honeywell earned approximately $105 million in profits from the corrupt scheme. But the SEC settlement covered not only the Brazil misconduct, but bribery that occurred in 2011, going back 10 years, over 10 years, in Algeria. Honeywell agreed to continue to cooperate with DOJ. And Honeywell and its parent agreed to continue to enhance its compliance program and provide annual reports concerning the implementation of the enhanced compliance program. DOJ did not assign an independent compliance monitor. Under the corporate enforcement policy, Honeywell received voluntary disclosure credit since DOJ's investigation was initiated before Honeywell decided to cooperate with the investigation. Honeywell received full credit for its cooperation, which included proactively disclosing certain evidence of which DOJ was unaware providing information obtained through its internal investigation, which allowed DOJ to preserve and obtain evidence as part of its own independent investigation. And they made detailed presentations to DOJ and facilitated interviews of employees and collected and produced voluminous relevant documents and translations to DOJ. Honeywell also promptly engaged in remedial measures, including terminating and disciplining certain employees involved in the misconduct and strengthening its compliance program. It hired an experienced and qualified compliance professionals, more than one actually, took steps to embed compliance and ethical values at all levels of the business. And they took steps to eliminate the use of sales intermediaries and implemented an automated due diligence tool that requires responsible managers to provide quarterly compliance certifications. So Honeywell earned a 25% discount from the bottom of the applicable guidelines fine range. Now, the facts surrounding these two schemes are fairly straightforward. In Brazil, the facts underscore the significant risks of bribery when companies participate in large, valuable project competitions. Global companies face significant risks when competing, and they seek every advantage they can to win the project competition. So in 2008 and 2009, Petrobras developed the premium refinery project to design and construct two grassroots refineries to process heavy oil in Maranhao and Seda, Brazil. The project had three bidding phases technical rankings, design competition, and commercial valuation. And Honeywell was interested in the project because it was an important foothold in the Brazil oil industry, and Honeywell was going up against two of its biggest competitors. In July 2009, Petrobras invited Honeywell and the competitors to participate in the first phase. They submitted technical proposals. Honeywell and two other companies received the highest technical scores, and all three companies moved on to the second phase. In April 2010, Honeywell searched for a sales intermediary because they thought they didn't have enough high-level contacts with Petrobras. So that shows you at least there was some notion here of bringing in people who can bring contacts to Honeywell in this project competition. Now, there's nothing wrong on its face with that, but it certainly creates risks, and we'll see how that played out. So the Honeywell's account manager for Petrobras recommended a Brazil agent because the agent stated he had access to the downstream director who was going to be making the ultimate selection here. So Honeywell submitted an internal request to retain the agent and represented that the agent would receive a 3% commission on the project or about $12 million if successful. The request falsely represented that the Honeywell officials knew the agent for two years and omitted the fact, as they were putting in this due diligence kind of request, that the agent was going to interact with Petrobras officials. So it was like an agent without any risk of interaction with government officials. And that was obviously blatantly false. In May and August of 2010, the agent and Honeywell's account manager met with the Brazilian lobbyist with close ties to Petrobras's downstream director. And Honeywell's account manager offered the Brazilian lobbyist and the director a portion of the sales commission of 3% in exchange for helping Honeywell win the contract. In a subsequent meeting, Honeywell's account manager met with Petrobras' downstream director and the lobbyist at a shopping mall, and they agreed that they would assist Honeywell win the contract in exchange for a percentage of the commission. So Honeywell secured the lead in the competition, and the bidders prepared to submit their commercial proposals. Honeywell's account manager updated his supervisors on meetings he conducted with the Petrobras director, the lobbyist, and the sales agent. So even the, the senior management at Honeywell were aware of what was going on because the Honeywell account manager and his supervisors referred in emails to the Petrobras's director as the king and the lobbyist as the king's assistant. So Honeywell put in initially a commercial bid of $425 million. A Petrobras lower level official rejected that bid, but then the king or the director intervened and urged them to intervene so that he could bring his control into the matter. At the same time, they were trying to finalize the sales agent agreement and Honeywell's regional director said, I want to get this back to the sales agent as soon as possible because we are pushing the king to step up and intercede, close quote. That same day, Honeywell submitted a revised commercial bid of $348 million, which was at the direction and advice of the Petrobras director in terms of the, what needed to be bid in order to get selected. Petrobras accepted the bid, and Honeywell won the contract. Now, in the course of the project, Honeywell paid the sales agent a total of $10 million in commissions from a U.S. bank account. The payments were made without receipt of an invoice from the sales agent. And the payment request lacked basic relevant information, like what was provided, what the the sales agent did. And later, the sales agent wanted his commission payments routed to a Swiss bank account in a different name associated with the sales agent's new company. Obviously, all of this raising red flags. Now in Algeria, let's go through that real quickly. In November of 2004, Honeywell Belgium contracted with Sonatrak, Algeria's state-owned oil company, to modernize the instrumentation and control systems at a refinery in Algeria. In 2008, Honeywell renegotiated the contract. One year later, they had a dispute concerning the contract and all work ceased. Sonatrak believed that Honeywell should pay liquidated damages. And Sonatrax downstream director was a key decision maker in the resolution of the dispute, but they were at loggerheads. So starting in 2010, Honeywell retained a Monaco sales agent, and this is one of the infamous sales agents from the Uni oil case, who was subjected to due diligence review and approved. Honeywell used the sales agent to help resolve the liquidated damages dispute and then used the sales agent to pass through various payments to a group of people who helped Honeywell secure a contract with Sonatrack. The Monaco sales agent understood this to be basically a bribery payment. In 2011, a Honeywell sales manager engaged a consultant to help resolve the problems Honeywell was having with Sonatrack and the consultant made two separate payments to the Sonatrack official of 50,000 and 25,000 respectively from a Swiss bank account. And Sonatrack and Honeywell continued to disagree But after the first payment was made, SunTrack then agreed to modify the contract and resolve their dispute. Two weeks later, the sales agent from Monaco and a Honeywell subsidiary entered into a fictitious sales consultancy agreement where the agency would reportedly promote sales in Algeria for a 24 or to 4.5% commission, despite not having any of the contractual milestones or hitting them the Monaco sales agent was paid $300,000 and basically was paid to reimburse the consultant who made the two bribery payments to the Sonatrack director. And the Monaco sales agent sent an invoice to Honeywell for a lump sum payment of $300,000. Honeywell approved the invoice payment, although there was some resistance from some of the senior management that was overrun as the business pushed to pay. And the sales agent, in turn, then repaid the consultant the $75,000 through a series of intermediary transfers involving U.S. correspondent banks. So let's talk about lessons learned. And I think this settlement underscored a number of important issues. Again, these are valuable lessons and important pointers for all compliance professionals. There were definitely significant issues relating to uh, culture, third-party risk management, And there was just a complete absence here of any commitment to corporate ethics and compliance culture. The factual statements reveal the complicity of Honeywell's senior management in the ongoing bribery scheme in Brazil. And the Honeywell account manager himself was responsible for negotiating the bribery payment. And he reported regularly through emails and conversations about the progress being made on the bidding process. And everybody, as I said, mentioned Referred to the director as the from Petrobras the bribe recipient as the king, and the lobbyist as the funnel as the king's assistant. Everyone included on these emails understood what was occurring and the importance of the king and the assistant to the overall bidding process. Now Honeywell also suffered from some serious deficiencies in its internal controls. Perhaps more importantly. Honeywell's actions occurred in an environment where no one raised a question about the bribery scheme. The ongoing work with the king and the assistant and the narrow focus on winning the project through whatever means possible was clear. So it occurred in a high-risk country, Brazil and Algeria as well, but it was exacerbated here with regard to the Brazil project by the overall size of it. The design and construction project for a cost of three hundred forty-eight million. The risks were heightened, I think, by the fact that Honeywell knew it was competing against its two major competitors. So winning at all costs quickly turned into winning without any compliance with the law. And this attitude and conduct was easily embraced by actors who supported the scheme, even if they did not actively participate in the execution. So this is clearly an example of risks to culture, risks to any company when they're engaged in this type of competitive process. But now let's get a little bit more specific with regard to Brazil and Algeria and the active use of third-party agents who were enlisted to facilitate bribery payments. From start to finish, the selection, engagement, performance, and payment of each agent revealed a glaring absence of relevant controls to each step in the third-party relationship process. Let's start with the Brazil sales agent who was used to make contact with the Petrobras director and arrange with the Honeywell account manager the bribery terms. The sales agent was engaged and selected because of Honeywell's need to establish close contacts, as I mentioned, with high-level Petrobras officials. That reason alone created significant risk. But nonetheless, the controls surrounding this were not even really enforced. And the Honeywell employees, for example, who prepared the due diligence materials falsely stated that they knew the agent for 2 years and failed to state that the agent would interact with Petrobras officials and the internal review of the agent's due diligence application was deficient as well in Algeria the Monaco sales agent was retained without any consideration of the plan to use the agent to assist Honeywell in resolving the Sonatrach contract dispute after securing approval of the Monaco sales agent Honeywell used the agent to repay a consultant for bribery payments Finally, in both the Algeria and Brazil situations, Honeywell's financial controls failed to require proper invoicing, description of services, and confirmation of payment arrangements. In the Brazil situation, the sales agent changed his company and banking location to a Swiss bank account, and no inquiries were made as to the nature of the changes and the reasons to justify payments to a Swiss bank account in a different name. Most importantly, however, the failure to inquire as to the nature of the payments, the actual services provided, and the contractual terms that applied to the payments all combined to facilitate illegal payments to be made in furtherance of this bribery scheme. In the Algeria case, actually, a senior executive questioned the $300,000 lump sum payment to the sales agent, but was quickly overruled and approved the payment. The executive's intuition was right. But it is interesting how quickly he abandoned his position in the face of opposition. Again, if Honeywell placed organizational value on a culture of ethics and compliance, the executive may have stood up to the opposition and followed up on his concerns. Well, that's the uh, Honeywell case. Another interesting case, The like I said, the year closed out 2022 with two important FCPA cases, good lessons learned, good reasons to reinforce your third-party risk management program. So we'll be back next week. Thanks for listening today. And we'll be back next week with another episode. Thanks again. If you enjoyed this episode, the best way to support the show is by subscribing on your favorite listening platform. To learn more and connect with Michael Volkov, go to volkovlaw.com.